Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Acts 8.36, the scripture says, As they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. I want to speak to you this morning from a sermon simply titled, Baptism. Pray with me. God, thank you for your book. God, I pray that you would be our teacher today by your spirit from your word. God, I pray that you would anoint me to say things that would be sound doctrine. God, I pray that you would let us hear from you today. Teach us what you would have us to know. God, I pray for supernatural increase today, Lord. I pray for an increase of faith, salvation, healing, deliverance, joy to be released in this place. Obedience, God. Father, I pray that you do your work, your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Baptism is what we're going to talk about. I hope uh, before we get into the teaching that you've had a good week. But if you haven't had a good week I want you to do what the song says, forget your troubles, come on, get happy. God has allowed you to come into his house today. Uh, We used to sing a song in the old church, if you're happy and you know it, uh, and they don't sing that anymore, but if they were going to sing it, they'd need that extra verse on it. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Amen. The Bible says laughter does the heart good like a medicine. I want you to lighten up. I want you to loosen up. Listen, if you came in here all stiff because you, 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 you got all dressed up, go ahead and unnotch your belt. If you need to lo- loosen a button, do, do whatever you have to do so that you can truly get this. Look at somebody and say, get this. This subject is confused throughout the body of Christ, this subject of baptism. Uh, this sub- Listen, baptism is not just a Christian deal. Religions all around the world do baptism, but as Christians, We need to do what we do the Bible way. Three people said amen. I like that. Uh, We need to do what we do. You see, God gave us this book for our instruction. God gave us this book to help us, and we need to learn what the book says and do what the book says. Some of y'all are praying for greater anointing. Some of y'all are praying for a greater increase of God's spirit. The Bible says God gives the Holy Ghost to those who obey him. So we're going we're gonna to obey him today. Uh, you, you're already partway there. You came. He told us to come. He, he told us to set this, aside, this day aside and gather together in his name. You've done that. Now you're going to have an opportunity to receive. You've got to get a lot of things done in life, but the Bible says with all you're getting, get understanding. And I want us to get understanding today on this biblical topic of baptism. So I'm going to be talking to you about Christian baptism because there's many different types of beliefs surrounding this issue. So we're going to look at what 
the Bible teaches about this very important topic. We're going to just jump right in it. We're going to go verse by verse. We're going to look at what the scripture says, and we're going to obey the Lord. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it's a familiar passage on this topic. In verse 26, the Bible says, as for Philip, comma. We got, as for Philip, comma, always pay attention to what? The punctuation will help you reading any type of literature to digest it and get it down on the inside. Especially when you read the Bible, you need to slow your reading down. You need to pay attention to the punctuation. You, when you see a comma, that's cause for pause. As for who? Philip. Do you know Philip is the only person referred to in the Bible as the what? Evangelist. He is a soul-winning, Jesus-sharing machine. Many times when we see Philip in the Bible, he's either off in Samaria preaching Christ. He's here in the desert preaching Christ. He's all over Jerusalem preaching Christ. But as for Philip, comma, I want you to think with me this morning. What if they just said, as for Cedric? What comes after that in your mind? If, if, if God was just put, if God put you in his book and just said, as for Stacy, and then just read you out, uh, is that something you would want broadcast or is that something you would want corrected? That you, you, I want us to live the type of life where God could just literally say, as for, and put your name in there and tell what was going on. Fortunately, Philip was saved, sanctified, fire-baptized, loving God, and doing what God had called him to do. It says, as for Philip, because stuff's happening all over the world. God's doing stuff all over the world. He's always moving. you got to make sure, listen to me, that he's moving in you. God's doing stuff. God's doing the miraculous because he's a miracle-working God. God's doing the supernatural because everything about our God and our religion is supernatural. Look, it's not normal to take on the form of a baby as the, the only true deity there is and come into the earth that you created and allow your creation to reject you. It's not normal to live a life without sin in the midst of a perverted world. It's not normal to let people who are weaker than you uh, torture you. It's not normal to die and raise yourself from the dead. Would you agree with me that our religion is supernatural? Okay, so God's doing big stuff, and God's doing big stuff all the time. You just got to make sure he's doing big stuff in you, and that's why it says as for Philip, because there was other stuff going on, but as for Philip. I wonder how as for you is today. See, right, right there, we could really, I mean, if there were just enough saved people in the room, if there were just enough people who were sold out for Christ, right there, we could just stop, get on the altar, ha ha have a time with the Lord, and just realize, as for me, uh, I need to repent. As for me, I, I need to get some things right. As for, but listen, we're going to stick with Philip, and, and you, you, you do what God calls you to do. But as for Philip, the angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. I'm going to try not to get stuck on the impacting parts of these verses because I want to get to the end. But it's just hard to read some of this stuff without making comment. As for Philip, there's been commentary made on that. But an angel of the Lord said to him, do you know God is always speaking? Before there was a book, there was a voice. Do you know God has always talked to his 
Children, if you feel like God hasn't talked to you lately, uh, you need to correct your thinking and understand you just haven't been listening. God's always moving. God's always talking. What uh, He says he's no respecter of persons. What he did then, he does now because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have these stories for our examples to see how God deals with people and how people deal with God. And if God was talking to Philip, then God will talk to you. The difference was Philip was listening. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. Philip was listening. Philip was obeying and God, God told him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. I could make some great southern application there, but I'll just keep moving for time's sake. Verse 27 says, so he started out, comma. Man, I'm, just, I'm so excited about this passage of Scripture. I'm, I'm so excited. Here's the thing about if you ever get to teach the Bible. Let me tell you what happens if you get to teach the Bible. Every school agrees. doesn't matter what denomination they are from the most liturgical denominations, Episcopalian, uh, Lutheran, uh, all, all the way to the most wide-open, hyper-charismatic movement, uh, and everything in between. Their seminaries all teach the same thing. To, to put together a sermon takes somewhere between 30 and 40 hours of study. All right. So if you ever have the opportunity to teach a Bible study, to teach, to, to preach a message, you need to count on studying that out for at least how many hours? At least 30 hours. But here's the cool thing. You don't get 30 hours to tell it. No matter how much I'd like to. No, no matter, I, once I see the strain in y'all's faces about an hour in, once I start seeing people shifting and grabbing purses at 12 o'clock, I realize they've had just about all they can take, God. But one of the great things about being a Bible teacher is you get to study the book for 30, 40, 50, 80, 100 hours a week. But one of the downsides is you get to only let out this much of it. If you ever really study the Bible, if you ever really get to teach a message, you're going to find out that you studied so much for you that you didn't even get a chance to share with the people. But it's a, it's a great thing. I love this passage of Scripture. I'm, I'm just overfilled with, with what it says. Uh, and it says, so he started out, comma. Uh, I've told you before, if you want what others have, you got to what? Okay, God was talking to Philip. Will God talk to you? Philip was listening to God. Will you listen to God? Philip got started on what God told him to do. What's my next question? Yeah. Are, are you going to get started on what God told you to do? Last week I did something, and I told you, all and some of y'all don't get it, and some of y'all get it well because you've seen it, and you've seen every time that I've ever said it, it's always come to pass. And if it, never, if it ever stops coming to pass, I will resign and hand the microphone off to somebody else. But when I know what I know, when I know God has told me something specifically, I, I share it, but I always share it in such a way to let people know I ain't this kind of guy. I ain't the kind of guy that just says, God told me, hmm, holla, hmm, yeah, hey, ha, uh, right over, hmm, yeah, mm, ah, get the pain, the ugly look, the constipated look, hmm, uh, three, mm, uh, two, 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 two people on this side of the room uh, are having trust issues. Uh, women, two women. Yeah, hallelujah. Two women on this side of the room having trust issues, they, they've been hurt by a man. That's not prophecy. That's con artistry. That's just somebody trying to, 
Ooh, Pastor Deep, he heard from the, hmm, yeah, hey, halalada Oh, set the Right over here. Mm, over here. In this section, right? Mmm. I feel it. Five people. Oh, my mama. That's what they need to start saying because it ain't on God. They just need to start saying OMM. Oh, my mama. Five people dealing with back pain. You got some kind of pain in your body from the neck down. <laughs> that ain't prophecy. That's just con artistry. That's trying to confuse simple-minded people. But I told y'all last week, and I told you, I seldom do this, but I, I'm willing to, when I know it's God, I, I, I'm willing to, to put it out there. I, I gave y'all a specific number of people of, of response that I needed. I, I told y'all there, there were at least a certain amount of people that needed to fill out a card and respond. Um, anybody remember what that number was? Tell, tell the people that got it wrong. How many was it? Four. Four. Uh, Four people. Guess how many cards I have on my desk uh, of people that responded. Hallelujah. If you don't believe me, if, if you don't believe in, in, in supernatural prophecy, if you don't believe in word of knowledge, if, if you don't believe that God can still speak through people today, you stop by my office. Uh, and listen, if, if you filled out those cards, I, I told you, uh, you, you need to get in, involved in what God put in your heart to do. Um, some of y'all know God's been uh, preparing you for this time. Jump in it because Philip, what'd he do? He started out. It's time to get on with the getting on. It's time to do what God has told you to do. It's time to let God. See, so people are sitting there, but I just waiting on the Holy Ghost to guide me. Didn't he guide you to Jesus? Didn't Jesus guide you to the book? Didn't the book tell the truth? Well, let's get on with it. Philip got on with it, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace. Now, I mm, this this whole eunuch thing, I, I'm not excited about that. Now, the Bible says some people were born eunuchs. Some people made themselves eunuchs. And some people were made eunuchs by the hands of other people. Now, listen, you can't help how you're born. You do what you do to yourself, but that whole thing about somebody else making you a eunuch, whoo, that's trouble right there. But however this happened, this guy is a eunuch. I'm not going to explain it to you. Do some study on your own. I'm just telling you, that ain't, that ain't no, no, no joy there, but it is what it is. This is a man who is under great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. Now, Candace... Uh, what's the queen's name? Wrong. That's why some of the people have been around for a while. I can ask them a question, and they'll be like, dragging me into nothing like that. I, I can ask what comes up after winter. Mm -mm. No, I'm not going to say it. Candace is not her name. Candace is her title. Candace is, that, that's like somebody saying Herod. That's like somebody saying Caesar. These, that's like somebody saying Pope John. Uh, listen, these people, it's, it's a title. Uh, now, there have been some popes named John, but others have changed their name to fit it. Candace is a title of consecutive reigning queens from this area in Africa 
but this man was, uh, had great authority, and he was underneath the queen of Ethiopia. Now listen, if you're here and you're militant, or you've been militant, uh, a militant black person in your life, or if you've got some militant black people in your life, or if you bump into some militant black people in your life uh, that are going to try to tell you they ain't going to get with that white man's religion. How many of y'all believe there's some, some people out there that, that think that way, who, who say uh, Christianity was real until the white man perverted it? Uh, let, let's, or or the, the, Islam is trying to teach young black people, especially young black men all across the country, that the, the blue-eyed devil, uh, Jesus is a blue-eyed devil. Well, only fools think Jesus had blue eyes because Jesus came from the Middle East, and that's not prevalent over there. And only fools uh, who haven't read the Bible think that Christianity is a religion specifically for white Americans. Do you know Christianity was around way before America? The slave master's religion, uh, Christianity was way, was around. Now, I can't say it wasn't around much longer than slaves because there's always been slaves. All right? Do, do some research. But this passage of Scripture is about a black man representing a black queen, and God was doing something with that person. Okay? Now, for, for white folk, um, Trying to think of something for you. <laughs> America ain't in the Bible. Okay, let's just keep going with that. The, the Bible, it talks about people in the East. The Bible was written about people that were in the East, okay? Does, does that mean God can still love white people too? Three black people in the room just thought, mm. <laughs> And those three black people need real salvation. Because... God created all human beings, amen? And God wants to save all human beings. But right now we're seeing a story. Obviously, anybody want to take a wild guess at what continent Ethiopia is on? Anybody want to know what has been dubbed for better or worse, the what continent? <laughs> I don't know. That, that, okay, amen. That's the right answer. But you said that all. You had a lot of bass in your voice when you said that. Um, it's okay to laugh. It's okay. This is a man who is under great authority. Uh, Candace is a title of consecutive reigning queens who come from uh, this place in Africa. There's debate. It's not, it's not Ethiopia as we know it, uh, it, but it is in Africa. The location uh, of the continent is sure. But this eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. I want to tell you something. You came to Georgetown Drive today to worship, and for some of you, it was a haul. For some of you, it took a minute to get here. For some of you, uh, I, I know for uh, Deacon Ken, I mean, that, that, that's a drive. That, that can be an hour based on traffic one way. But listen, this brother didn't have a car. Okay? Imagine that. Imagine this dude left his continent. Are you feeling that? Do, do you realize there's a difference between uh, where Africa is and where Jerusalem is? This is not just some, hey, let's get in the car and ride to church deal. This, this was a journey. Say journey. But he had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, there's a lot of speculation about what he went there to worship because there was a festival time going on and there was a lot of false gods being worshipped. And typically, 
Candace, uh, history tells us, would do what a lot of pastors do. Uh, I, I, I know a pastor who gives to every candidate max limit and tells people in his church. Uh, I just give them all the, the max limit. I, uh, last time I heard him say it, the max limit for local campaigns was uh, uh, $500, I think. And he says, I just give them all $500, whichever one gets elected, I'm in their pocket. And so that, that's his theory. But that's what Candace would do. Candace would just give, take massive treasure and give it out to all the gods and send it through her representative, and this guy's her, her representative. But there, there's something different that happened in verse 28. He says, and he was now returning. Uh, and is always something that happens after. So he's gone to Jerusalem. He's gone to Jerusalem to worship, probably uh, to take big lumps of money and place them in every temple uh, to, to God and to every false god just to make sure that uh, the queen is covered. But something happens to him because on his way back, he's seated in his carriage and he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, I'm hoping this was an authorized purchase. Now, I've started uh, several different companies in my lifetime. I've had other people who had access to my money that wrote checks and paid bills for me. And I always want to make sure that they do an authorized purchase. This man had Candace uh, money. He, he was under authority for her. But if you study the first century, the cost of a copy of a scroll from Isaiah was extreme. There was a huge price that was paid to be able to read from this. Now, you wonder why he was reading aloud. In that day and time, almost all reading was done aloud. I thank God for people who read in their head, especially the two that live in my house. I'm like, don't move your lips and don't make noise. You can read that in your head. I don't need to hear everything that you're reading. But in this time, reading was typically done aloud. That wasn't unique, but what was Unique was the cost that this man went through. He went to a, a worship of all types of things that were going on. And in the midst of that, he found the right stuff. I want you to know we live in a nation, in a world where all types of stuff are going on. I hope you found the right stuff. With all the books and all the religions and all the documents out there that you could be reading, uh, I hope that you have found the right book. The eunuch, uh, the, the representative from Candace the Queen, has found the right book, and he's in his carriage. He's on his way back. Something has happened to him, whether he ha had the desire before he got there or it happened to him when he got there. Listen, I want to tell you something. Some of you want to see your kids saved. Can anybody say amen? Some of you want to see your spouse, your family members, your parents get saved. I, I, I want you to know this. It doesn't matter as much when it happens as as long as it does happen. What's going on, brother? Good to see you. Um, when you're worried about when your kids get saved, how many of y'all be all right as long as they get saved before it's over? Amen? Listen, I don't know when. The Bible doesn't tell us. But, but I, I do see that this man is, is coming back, and he's probably doing something different than he was doing on the way there, and he has spent a lot of money to do it. I don't care what it costs you. I don't care how much time it costs you. I don't care how much effort it costs you. I don't care what you have to go through. You better get to where you need to get to before the last bell sounds. Amen? So let's look at verse 29 together. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, 
go over and walk along beside the carriage. Now, I've told you many times I love the specificity of the Bible. Now, that's a hard word to say. Try to say that in front of a room full of people without stuttering on it. Try to speak for an hour without saying um and uh, mm, uh, and uh, um. Uh, uh. I love how specific the Bible is. But I want you to know, not only is the Bible specific, God is specific. God's spirit is specific, and obedience should be what? Somebody's listening. God told Philip through his spirit, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Now, I told you we have the story for our example. God was speaking. Philip was listening. Philip got to doing what God told him to do. And as he got started, hear this well, God told him more. See, people want to know the end from the beginning, but only God knows the end from the beginning. And God's not going to show you every turn in the road because if he did, he knows you would quit. If you knew how hard the journey was going to be, you never would have got on it. If you knew what it was going to take to follow God, you probably would have hesitated to begin with. But as you go, God tells you more. Now, if we were deeper in, in Jacksonville, I could have made that rhyme. As you go, God tells you, see, that's just what we need to know. Go and walk along beside. How many of y'all wish God would give you uh, this, this type of instruction that specific? All right, I, I got great news for you. He does. Get in the book. The book is very specific. And, and the more you walk in it, the more re revelation that you will get. So God gives him this very specific. He told him in general, look, it's go to South Desert Road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now he's telling him again, get up alongside that carriage. Verse 30, Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, how do you think, let's just do, do some Holy Ghost wondering here. How do you think that Philip knew he was reading from Isaiah? Because he was familiar with it. Because he knew it. He knew the book. It is incumbent on us that we know the book. Because here's the reality. A lie is not a good lie unless it contains some truth. You're not likely to be deceived by some crazy story. You're not likely to be tricked by some foolishness that's just unbelievable. If, if I told y'all I stopped at the Burger King on my way to church this morning, most of you would believe that. You know, that's been my habit since we moved uh, to, to this location over five years ago. If, if I told y'all that I got out and I went in, some of y'all think, well, he normally goes through the drive-thru. I don't know why. If I told y'all when I got up front, some dude sagging pants with a grill in his mouth, spit all in my face, slapped one of my children, I had to choke slam him and restrain him. Tell the cops got there. Uh, those of y'all that know me would be like, well, it just is what it is. That <laughs> Cedric's like, yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, it's 103rd Street, and y'all y'all know Pastor ain't always been saved. Uh, now, if I told y'all that when I got out, there was a gang of 300 young men of all different races, and they saw me coming, and they just jumped me, and I just went in to my Bruce Lee mode. Whoa. 
just kung fu fought all 200 of these brothers off me. Donkey stomped all of them. I just beat them down. I would just literally just. And they were all laying in a puddle of blood by the time the cops got there. And they gave me a medal for, for saving the west side of Jacksonville from the most dangerous crime syndicate in the history. of. At some point in that story, y'all got to start thinking what? He done snapped. He done went from hyperbole to straight lying. You are not likely to be deceived by wild lies. A good lie has to have a portion of the truth in it. Why am I telling y'all this? Because all heresy has truth in it. All bad theology has truth in it. If it didn't, nobody would fall for it. And that's as old as the garden. The devil didn't go to Eve with some crazy story. He went to her with a half-truth. He went to her with some partial truth. He said, didn't God tell you you could have anything you want to eat in here? Well, he did say that, but he gave an exception to it. And so it's important that you know the book. Obviously, Philip knew the book because he knew exactly the passage of Scripture that the eunuch was reading from, and he asked a great question. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? And this is why it's very important that you make sure that if you're going to go to church, and you should, if you're going to listen to someone teach the Bible, and you should, the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians that God has given us pastors to help mature us and help grow us in the faith. It's important. Listen, it's great when you read the Bible for yourself and you get something from it, right? But the Bible commands you to be humble enough to sit and listen to those who God has placed into the ministry teach. But it's important that the teacher knows the book and understands the book. That's why I wouldn't give you three cents for these churches or these Bible studies that sit around and, 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 and in a circle and say, well, this is what I think it means. What do you think it means? No, you got to know the book, and you got to have somebody teaching you that knows the book. Philip asked the man the question, do you understand what you're reading? Now, if he asked that of somebody in Jacksonville, probably anywhere in America, but let's just keep it home. If he asked that to somebody in Jacksonville in 2019, he's liable to catch some bad response. Who are you asking? Well, you don't think I understand what I read? Oh, it's because I'm black? Ain't he black? Is Philip black? See, some people think Philip's black. Philip's not black. Philip's an Israeli. He's brown. Okay? So, catch attitude, you ask somebody. You understand what you're reading? Well, who is you? Why are you sweating me? I don't know you. What are you, you, think, you getting in my... Simple question. What, what I want you to know, stop wearing your emotions on your sleeve. Stop being so easy to be offended. The man asked him a simple question, but he got a fantastic answer. Look at verse 31. He said, then the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? Wow. Where are these people at in America? Where are these people at in America? See, this wasn't a day and age where 12-year-olds 12 pe- 12 were talking about want, want, wanting to go, go get their gat and shoot up somebody because they disrespected me. If you can't speak proper English, you disrespect yourself. 
You lived in this country your whole life and you can't speak proper English? We got people move here from foreign countries in one generation. They master the English language out to talk all of us. We lived here. For, he disrespecting me. No, your outfit's disrespecting you, son. Your speech pattern is disrespecting you. Now, he didn't go into all that. This man was brilliant, and he understood that there are things that we all need to be taught. Can you say amen? This man did not act like he knew it all because once you believe you know it all, you've made yourself unteachable. And there are too many people who are reading the Bible that think that they know it all and they're no longer teachable. Many people sit down with the Bible, don't even read it with an open heart to God's Spirit. They just read it to find stuff that agrees with what they already think. Mm -hmm, see, I knew that. That's why I tell people. That's why I try to explain to people this. Uh, listen, stop reading the Bible to validate your argument and read the Bible to hear from your Father. And let your life be that of a learner. Some people think, well, I've already learned. Listen, the learner will always outpace the learned. We are to be lifelong learners of God's Word. I've met so many people that have told me, oh, Pastor Scott, I used to teach. I used to deek. I used to usher. I, I, I used to pastor. I used to lead worship. I used to sing. In it. Well, what do you do now? This is a right now God, and we need some right, right now truth. And this man had right now truth. He's like, how, how, how can I really understand everything in there unless somebody instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. This brother was teachable. You really want to be who God wants you to be? I told you, the Bible says we have these stories for our examples. And if you want what others have, you got to do what they did to get it. Listen, this eunuch got great stuff. You want to get great stuff from God? Do what he did. Read the book. Pay whatever price you have to pay to get in the book. Get in the book and read it. And then be humble enough to be teachable and invite someone that knows something that you don't know to come in and teach you. In verse 32, the Bible says the passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb he is silent before his shears. He did not open his mouth. Verse 33 says, he was humiliated and received no justice who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, if, if you read scripture at all, you understand that this is uh, out of Isaiah 53 and he's talking about Jesus. Say Jesus. This is prophecy about Jesus. This is why anyone who ever did a real intellectual study on whether or not Jesus was the true Messiah always came from agnosticism or atheism into conversion of Christianity because if you just look at the Old Testament prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, it would be impossible without divine intervention. It would have been impossible. Listen, I'll just give you one. Uh, virgin birth. The Old Testament said he must be... Now this ain't something like... Uh, you know, uh, red hair and blue eyes, or, or red hair and green eyes. Red hair is uncommon, green eyes. For those of y'all that don't know, green eyes are the most uncommon color eyes on the planet. There are less people with green eyes than any other color eyes in the world. Uh, and it, if, if, if it said he was going to have green eyes, well, that okay, that limits the field. 
but it said he's going to be born of a virgin. That just don't limit the field. That leaves out every human being in the history of the world but one. Prophecy is specific, and, and Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies, and that's why people who really study the Bible grow closer to God and realize this can't be nothing but Jesus. The whole Bible talks about Jesus. The scarlet thread of redemption runs from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of the Revelation. This entire book is the message of the redemptive act of Jesus Christ, and the eunuch is reading in Isaiah 53, which leads me to believe, because uh, obviously he, he was a dedicated man, he was a disciplined man, he was a man in authority, under authority. I don't think he just skipped around and stumbled on verse 53 after he spent all that money to purchase a scroll of Isaiah. He's read, guess how many chapters to get there? That's three of y'all are listening. So he gets to his place, and he, he says, he, uh, he, Philip begins to explain to him what is happening in the portion of Isaiah that he was reading in verse 34. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Verse 35 says, so beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. We live in a day and age, and I get flooded with emails and snail mails and, and voicemails text people wanting me to expose some new teaching to the church, go into some new modern uh, teaching about uh, religion and put some new twist on Christianity because people want something new to gravitate toward. People want to hear something new and exciting. But I want to tell you something. We don't need a new message. We just need to stay with the true message. Can five people say amen? He didn't speak to him about some new twist on theology. He started right where he was. See, people want to tell you now, well, what you need to do is you need to have a fish fry because people like to eat fish. I had somebody tell me that this week. They, they told me, well, you need to use whatever means necessary, and they were trying to add, uh, they, 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 they were trying to justify the use of vulgar lyrics to bring in young people into their ministry. And I told them, well, if that's the case, if we just want to go that route, if we just want to use any method to, to just fill up the building, why don't we just go with free liquor and strippers? You ain't never drove past a strip club that was empty. You ain't never drove past a, a liquor store that just didn't have no visitors. Uh, if, if we just want, but here's the problem with that type of sickness. God never told us to use unholy means to create a holy end result. He didn't say, oh, wow, I like what you're doing over there reading Isaiah, and I see you're from Africa, so let me give you some Africanized version of theology. He didn't try to look at him and say, oh, you're from the country. Let me hillbilly up my, my version of gospel to you. No, the truth is the truth for everybody. This is how you know if the, if the message you're hearing is, has any foundation in truth because real truth works universally around the world. That's why when I hear somebody saying, if you get right with God, God going to give you double for your trouble. God about to come through for you. God about to rain down money on your life. Pull the lever and let God let you win. Listen, that don't work for even the countries that we send money to every month. What are you going to tell somebody in a country that's as impoverished as Liberia? What are you going to tell somebody in, in a village called New 
Crewtown, Monrovia, Liberia, West Africa, which is where we have 13 daughter churches, a new one coming on board soon. Uh, what are you going to tell them in the most war-torn village in the world where poverty runs rampant and the white-collar government workers make $50 a month? What are you going to tell them? God's God going to send you a million dollars? That message doesn't work all around the world. And messages that don't work for everybody aren't true gospel. So he doesn't try to tell him some Africanized twist. He doesn't try to make it fit. Uh, listen, once you try to start making the gospel fit people's specific situations, you, you lend into bad theology. The truth's the truth anyhow. And Philip, with the very same scripture that he was reading, told him the good news about Jesus. Because it don't matter if you're in the book of Acts or you're in the book of Isaiah, it's all talking about Jesus. So he, he starts to teach him that this book that this man is reading is about Jesus. This, this, is, this is why uh, anybody that studies the Bible is going to come to the conclusion that Jesus is who the Scripture says he is. And whether they start in the Old Testament or the New Testament, they're still going to find Jesus. Verse 36 says, as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Now, this dude is sharp. This guy, he's, 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 he's a man of great authority. He's a man of great money. Listen, the average Christian wouldn't even approach this dude. He don't look like me. He ain't the same race as me. I'm not just going to walk up to his car. Most of us in this room wouldn't walk up to somebody at a gas pump at a gas station and just start talking to them about the Lord, much less some powerful person surrounded. You think he was traveling by himself with all the queen's riches? It ain't that kind of party. This, this, this was 2,000 years ago. You think we got bandits hanging out on the west side? Man, this road was fraught with bandits. This, this man had guards around him. He was, he was important, and he, but it didn't change. Philip, God told Philip to talk to him. Philip talked to him. I want to tell you something. There should be nobody that you view as so above you, so over you, or so too important that you're fearful to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. The world ain't shy about pushing their values on us or their lack thereof. We shouldn't be shy about telling the truth to everybody. And, but this dude, he's sharp, he's intelligent, and he knows that there's lots of religions baptizing in water, and Christians are part of that thing. Listen, baptism didn't start with John the Baptist. They've been baptizing in false religions for hundreds and thousands of years. And this guy, he's, he's blending his, his, his own religion from back home, probably some stuff he had heard in his trips to Jerusalem and around the world. He was a wealthy person, an educated person, a traveling person. Uh, and he's like, well, I know you all about that baptism stuff. There's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And this is where we get great in-depth biblical teaching about baptism. In verse 37, then Philip said, if you believe with, your, with all your heart, you may. So there is a criteria. There is a prerequisite. There is something that has to happen before you get baptized, say before. Now, doesn't really, I said have to, doesn't really have to. I've been baptized a couple times myself. I've been baptized uh, a couple times uh, that wasn't biblical and one time that was biblical. And it should happen, say should. 
This is the biblical mandate for who should be baptized. If you believe with all your heart, you may. Now, here's the reality. Everybody believes in Jesus with their head. Everybody. The Bible says the devil believes and trembles. It doesn't make them saved. Believing in Jesus intellectually will not make you saved. Now, can that um, organ that pumps blood in your chest really believe? When we say we believe in our heart, we don't mean that organ that pumps blood. We mean with everything we have on the inside in the deepest place of the inside of us, with all that we have. Uh, you you got to move past head knowledge and into heart knowledge because God told Jeremiah that you'll only find me when you search for me with all your heart. Most people come to church never really find Jesus. Most people read the Bible never really find Jesus. Well, how can you say that? Because the Bible says that. Jesus said that. The road to heaven is narrow and few there be that find it. Coming to church don't make you a Christian. No, no more than sitting inside a McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. You, 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 you got to personalize this thing. It's got to be a whole heart thing for you. He said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And man, this dude, man, this, this guy... This, this eunuch, he, 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 keeps, he keeps being on point. He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That just sounds like Bible to people who've been in church for too long. But back then, that was something big time. Say big time. He didn't say you believe. He didn't. Listen, I run into so many people, and I ask everybody everywhere I go, uh, are you a Christian? And the majority answer I get is either I'm trying to be, which lets me know they don't understand Christianity because it's a faith thing, not a works thing. Keep, keep coming to church. You'll keep reading the Bible. You'll understand that as you go. Uh, or they tell me, uh, well, my mama is a prophetess over at the, the, the church for our Lord Jesus Christ by the side of the road uh, in Christ only apostolic movement down by the water incorporated on Sunday morning. Well, A, get a shorter name for your church because you'll never have a good-looking sign with all those letters on it. And B, I didn't ask if your mama or your auntie or your cousin's nephew, niece on your sister's side, third removed, ever heard about Jesus. I asked people, are they a Christian? And the foolishness that comes out of their mouth, uh, it has nothing in common with what this man said. He said, I believe. Not my mama, not Queen Candace, not, not what the apostle. He said, I believe. If you don't get nothing out of today's message, get this. If you ever hope to have true salvation, true salvation is a personal relationship with you and God based not on your works but on your belief system. Can three people say amen? He said, I believe that Jesus Christ. Now, see, what he was saying then was commonly understood 2,000 years ago but really misunderstood in the church today. He said, Jesus what? Christ is not the Lord's last name. It, it, it is a title. It is an appellative. It is a descriptor of an office. It, it is a designation of who he is. It's like people, most people, uh, including my mom, which is really weird to, to call my mom. I called my mom on the phone this weekend. It's the same thing. Hey, mom. And she said the same thing. Hey, Pastor. And she, she called because my mom, uh, until she, you know, really 
stepped out into wildness and decided in her 70s that she wanted to get married again and move to the panhandle. Uh, y'all pray for my mom. I'm praying she moved back to the, to, to the, to the first coast. Amen. Uh, but she was the most faithful member in our church. And she had always been in the church. She had always served in ministry in the church. Uh, and she decided, same thing, I called my sister. My sister's in the room. My sister's my bigger sister. My sister been my hero my whole life. My sister was, was a mother figure to me. My sister was a father figure to me. My sister kept bullies off me when we were little. Um, amen. Uh, my, my sister was always there for me, but I called my sister. I called her on, on the way here this morning. She said, hey, Pastor. And it's not that they don't know my name. And I asked them about it years ago, way, way back in the foundation years of our church. And they both said, well, we've had a brother and a son long enough. What we really need you to be right now is our pastor. And when they're not confused about what my name is when they call me pastor. And neither is anybody in the church when they call me Pastor Scott. That My first name's not pastor, okay? And Jesus' last name is not Christ. Christ means the anointed one or the Messiah, the promised redeemer who would come from God to save us of our sins. He's just not calling out, oh, Jesus Christ. Listen, if you say that, you need to clean your mouth out with soap because that's disrespectful probably just based on the way you said it and your body language when you were saying it. Christ is not the Lord's last name. It is a, a, a descriptor of who he is. He didn't just say, I believe in Jesus. He said, I believe that Jesus, this Jesus that you're talking to me about, is the anointed one from God, the promised redeemer of Israel, the savior of all mankind. When you get down to that much understanding of who you think Jesus is, then you are moving in the right direction. And then he put on top of that, not only do I believe that Jesus is the savior, the Messiah, the promised one, I believe, not what y'all believe, I believe that this Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, now see, now Philip's like, stop the bus. Pull over. Let's have a celebration. This man right here has got it together. He, he is ready. And in verse 38, Philip ordered the carriage to stop. He said, whoa, hold on. We got a real baptismal candidate now. This ain't just churchy for this man. This man's just not trying to add religion to his plate. This man knows who Jesus of Nazareth really is. And so they went down into the water. I told you the Bible is a specific book. They went down into the water. When you get baptized, you got to go into some water. There are different types of denominations that do baptism differently. Now, my name is Scott Becker. I don't care if you tell me I look like a Roy. I know what my name is. It's not up for debate. My name is what it is, and, and there's no way around it. The truth's the truth what? And facts don't care about your feelings. People want to feel, well, I just don't feel that. I just don't feel, listen, your feelings don't change the facts. I got baptized a couple of different ways in my lifetime because I was born into the Roman Catholic Church and they poured water on my head and they called that christening, which is their form of 
baptism, but I didn't go into the water. The water was poured over me. And if you want to be a Christian, that means you want to follow the teachings and the life of Jesus Christ. And this Bible tells us about the life of Jesus Christ. And baptism is when you go into the water. Say into. Went into the water and Philip baptized him. So we get to this point. We see that there's a prerequisite for baptism. There's something that you have to have going on on the inside of you. you got to possess uh, the, 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 the proper understanding about Jesus. Listen to what happened in verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. There's a lot going on. I don't have time to unpack it all, but I just can't get off it because I love this passage so much. When they came up out of the water, you got to go under the water to come up out of the water. Pouring won't make it. Sprinkling won't make it. Splashing won't make it. Some of y'all scared of the water. You need to be scared of God. Some of y'all don't want to get your hair wet. You need to be concerned about obeying a living God. And they, they came up out of the water, and, and here is where Gene Roddenberry, y'all know who Gene Roddenberry is? Y'all don't know who Gene It's Star Trek. This is where he got teleportation. He stole it from God. He made a movie, a series on it called Star Trek that got canceled early going because nobody liked it, but then it's running forever in, in syndication. God snatched Philip up. Where'd he go? I don't know. Doesn't say. But the eunuch never saw him again. But listen to what the eunuch did. Didn't matter to him what happened to other people. Didn't matter to him where other folk went. Didn't matter to him where, where, who was around. He was rejoicing. Why? Because God was real to him. Too many people letting what, where other people are at in their life affect their level of rejoicing. Too many people are letting what God's doing with other people affect their level of rejoicing. I want to tell you something. If you're not rejoicing in the Lord, you better get to the place where you can because not only is it the right thing to do, God commanded us to do it. And if you ever have something real going on on the inside of you, rejoicing will be happening in your life. To give you a couple, uh, give me a couple more verse scripture. We're going to get out of here. Matthew three thirteen. I told you it's all about Jesus. Let's let's get to the Lord. And Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Why did Jesus go to the Jordan River to be baptized by John? But John in verse fourteen tried to talk him out of it. John said, "I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me?" Now, this is not disrespect. This, 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 is, this is just logical thinking. If, some, if, if you go, listen, if I walked into a gym with a bunch of swole muscle heads and bodybuilders, and I, 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 I'm like, uh, can, can you show me uh, uh, your workout routine? And, and they all just backed up and they said, oh, Pastor Scott. 
We, we shouldn't be showing you anything about how you should be teaching us. You would know they lost their mind. This body is, is, is built for comfort, not for sweating. Amen? Now, if you want to learn how to relax on the couch or the Bible, I got you covered. But, but John says a very common thing. He's like, man, if anybody needs to be doing any baptism, he said, I, man, I ain't the one. You're, you're so far above me. Uh, that, that if anybody should be baptized, then you should be baptizing me. Now, it's not that what he said was wrong, because what he said, he said properly. What he said, he understood. He knew who Jesus was. He knew that Jesus was the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He knew Jesus was perfect, God's Son, Messiah, Redeemer, Christ, the Anointed One. And he's like, whoa, man, this, 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 this feels strange to me this don't follow logic to me this just ain't even normal this just isn't even rational that this this be the order in verse 15 but jesus said it should be done come that ought to be the end of it that ought to be that that that, that right there could have stood on its own when jesus says that something should be done what 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 what, what should we understand it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. Now, if you've heard me talk about this verse before, you know to me this verse requires is, is huge. It's not only substantial, it, 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 it is something that needs to be understood. God, listen, Jesus went to the water to get what? Jesus not only said it should be done, but that baptism is something that God what? All right, so we need to understand this not only is Christian to do, because Jesus did it. It's not only biblical to do because we see it happening all throughout the Bible. But it is required. Too many people think baptism is just some form of, uh, of simple ceremony. But this is requisite for us as followers of Jesus Christ. He said, God, we got to do everything that God requires. Listen, if God required baptism of Jesus and you call yourself a Christian, guess what God requires of you? All right, let's keep reading. So John agreed to baptize him. Verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. The Bible's a specific book. Did a dove float down on him? No, the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. All these people putting doves and rainbows on their sign, uh, ain't what the Bible says, but okay, I see where you're trying to go with it. Jesus gets baptized. Heaven opens up over him. The Spirit of God descends on him and sets on him. Verse 17 says, and there's more, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Jesus went to the Jordan River to get what? He got baptized because God requires it. And when he got baptized, heaven opened up over him. The Spirit of God settled on him. And God spoke over him. I want to tell you something. If I hadn't already been, listen, I might get baptized again myself. Just, 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 to, just to get to this point. What is baptism? Baptism is being dunked in water. The, word, the Greek word baptismo, the clearest picture we have of it in our modern day world is pickles. To be immersed in something to the point 
where you're changed by it. This is what the Greek word literally means. To be submerged or immersed. To be just under all of it to the point where it changes you. You know, you put a cucumber in some something and it turns into a pickle. Who knows how? I don't care. Don't matter to me. I, but listen, that pickle doesn't have a little vinegar. That cucumber doesn't have a little vinegar poured on it. It gets submerged in it. That's the Greek picture of baptism. Uh, it's being dunked in water. It's used in the Christian church as a sign of accepting and identifying with the teaching of Jesus Christ. So the question comes, can you go to heaven by being baptized? No. Easy answer. No. There's not enough water in every pool in America to wash away sin. And not enough chlorine in any kind of water to wash away sin. The hymn writer had it right. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You got to be baptized into his death, the Bible says. You got to be baptized. You got to be submerged into the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Then you have to have this required ceremony of baptism, which is an outward sign of an inward activity. It lets people know, I'm doing that because Jesus did it. I'm doing that because something's already happened on the inside of me. It doesn't save you. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by His grace when you believe. Not when you baptized. Not when you shook the preacher's hand. Not when you joined the church. Not when you gave money. He saved you when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Verse 9 says, salvation is not a reward. For the good things we've done. You don't get saved because you got baptized. That's a good thing. You don't get saved because you changed your lifestyle. That, that's a good thing. Uh, we don't get saved. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. If, you, if salvation had anything to do with your baptism, when you got to heaven, you could tell God, yo, let me in. I got baptized. <laughs> you know, when, when, when you go to leave the restaurant, you, you don't expect them to stop you at the door. I'm so tired of these people at Walmart stopping me. Stopping me, uh, wanting to see my receipt. I'm thinking. I, I was walking out the other day. Got a couple of futons for the kids. The man in the Walmart gear was pushing them on the flat dollar. The 900-year-old man in the fake cop uniform 2.47 in the morning, stop me, and like, I need your receipt. I said, yeah, man, me and these two little kids and this brother that works here, we all decided to steal this furniture. We just came from the only 700 registered lines, one of them open. We just stood in the one line that's open for 30 minutes to get out of here, but we're stealing these futons from y'all. No, I expected they'd let us walk. No, but he had to see it. Listen, when you go to check out of a restaurant, if you paid the bill, you expect them to let you leave without, without stopping you. If, you. if baptism could get you into heaven, you, it would just be something you expected, as if you earned it, as if you did something. The Bible says you can't earn salvation. It's a gift from God based on you believing the right thing. So, no, baptism won't save you, but what I tell you it will do. It will cause the Spirit of God to settle down on you. It will cause God to open up heaven over you. It will cause God to speak blessings onto your life, and it will bring God great joy. 
These are things that we should want. Proof that you can go to heaven without being baptized, you don't have to look any further than the thief on the cross. He didn't shake no preacher's hand. He didn't join a church. He never served in the, in the nursery, nor gave a penny to the church that we know of. But he believed in Jesus, and he went to heaven without baptism. When should we get baptized? I'm just trying to answer all the questions quick for you. We should get baptized after salvation. Say after. That's why we don't baptize babies. That's, that, 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 that's why we dedicate children, because Jesus was dedicated in the temple. We're a Christian church. We don't baptize babies. People ask me all the time, what about infant baptism? No, we're not Catholics. We don't do, uh, not, not only do we not do it because we're not Catholics, we don't do it because it's not in the Bible. And we're a Bible church. Uh, when should somebody get, uh, why should somebody get baptized? Here's the answer, because Jesus was and he said God requires it. You want to be a Christian? You need to follow what Jesus did. You need to get baptized, and you need to do it because he did it and because God requires it. Not only that, but remember what the Scripture says. God said, this brings me great joy. Now, how many of y'all know that every one of us has disappointed our Heavenly Father? How many of y'all know we're all sinners? How many of y'all know no matter how much we want to get it right, we get it wrong? Isn't it awesome when, when you do something that you know pleases your Heavenly Father? Isn't it awesome when you get to do something that you can be sure I'm doing just what Jesus did? And God is pleased with me. Well, let me tell you something. We're going to be baptizing tonight at 6 o'clock. We had over 20 people raise their hand and say they prayed to receive Christ a couple of weeks ago in this very building. And we didn't have uh, uh, very many, if anybody, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the number was. Uh, I know it's not enough. People didn't sign up to get baptized tonight. I don't know if it's because you forgot. I didn't know if it's because you didn't think you were ready. But I want to tell you something. You don't have to sign up to get baptized, but you need to come tonight and get baptized. All right, we're going we're gonna to have a, a, a time right now uh, of, of declaration. We're going to have a time of declaration. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to take, take time and, and, and try to emotionalize you to come down front. But, but there's two things that needs to happen. Uh, today before we leave here everybody who's not truly saved you need to get saved you need to get saved not just so you can get baptized tonight but so you can go to heaven when you die you need to get saved because heaven is real and hell is real and if you're not truly born again well I already prayed and asked God to save me I didn't say you need to pray a prayer for salvation I say you need to get saved for real you need to not leave this place unsure about your salvation I don't believe that real Christians uh, spend a lot of time doubting their salvation. And listen, if you do doubt your salvation, I don't believe it's the devil trying to get you to doubt your salvation. I've heard so many preachers say, the devil keeping you tied up in doubt about yourself. I don't believe that at all. Because when you doubt something, you investigate it more fully. And the devil's not going to prompt you to investigate your salvation more fully. I believe many of you have doubts about your salvation, not because the devil wants to keep you tied up in doubt, but because God loves you so much, he's just constantly trying to tell you, you you're, not, you're not really there. You're not really there. You don't have real salvation. I believe it's the grace of God trying to get you to get saved. And we, you, need, you need to get saved today before you leave this church. It's simple. It's difficult for Christ, but it's easy for us. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. The Bible says all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. If you understand that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, paid your price so that you could have salvation, and you believe that God rose him from the dead, if you ask him to save you, the Bible says he would. There's another group of people in the room, people who are truly saved, because there's only two real types of people in here today. Saved and unsaved. 
We might look different on the outside. We might come from different places. But on the inside, we're all either saved or unsaved. And if you're unsaved today, all you got to do is ask God to save you. And you should do that for real. If you're here and you are saved and you haven't been biblically baptized, you need to come tonight. And you need to get biblically baptized. Listen, I want every leader in this church to have real salvation and biblical baptism. I want every elder in this church to have real salvation and biblical baptism. I want every leader in this church, I want every choir member to be to have real salvation and biblical baptism. I want everybody volunteers to do anything in this church to have real salvation and biblical baptism. I want every member of this church to have real salvation and biblical baptism. And I want everybody under the sound of my voice to have real salvation and biblical baptism. There's no reason not to. We've looked at what real salvation is. We've looked at what biblical baptism is. The only thing that would stop you is your pride. Your fear of others. Well, I've tried to get saved so many times and it never really worked for me. Now listen, it's too important to miss this. This is too important. This, 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 ain't, this ain't like some SAT that you can just Christmas tree and hope it works out for you. This is too important for you to miss it. This is too important for you not to have it right. It doesn't matter how many times you pray and ask God to save you. If you're not 100% convinced that you have real salvation, you need to ask God to save you today. Because he said it'll only happen when you search for him with your whole heart. I don't know what kept it from happening last time. I know I walked the aisle several times myself. Shook preacher's hand. Preacher, preacher said, you need to pray this prayer. I prayed this prayer. He told everybody, today we have little Scotty Becker coming by way of profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you rejoice in his decision and uh, to, to accept Christ today, uh, uh, say amen. And everybody said amen. He said, you're saved. They gave me a little red Bible you see me carry every, every middle of July when I come in and I'll preach about my salvation experience. And he told me, but I wasn't. Years down the road, I prayed again. I asked God to save me. Didn't work. Why, why didn't it work? Timing, where I was at, my heart. But I know on July 15, 1981, I knelt down beside my bed on 6956 Malden Lane, right off Blanding Boulevard in Townsend Road. And I prayed and I asked God to save me. And he changed me. And I've never had to worry about it again. I've never wondered about my salvation again. I've never considered maybe he didn't really save me again. Salvation is so real. The Bible says that if you're really saved, God makes you a new person. You'll, you'll know it for sure. If you're not sure if you're saved today, I want you to pray and get saved today. If you're here and you say, I know I'm saved, but I need to get baptized. Some of you think, well, I've already been baptized. I told the preacher the same thing in, in the summer of 1981 when I got saved for real. He said, well, you need to get baptized, son. I said, I already been baptized. Matter of fact, I've been baptized a couple times. He's like, no, you need to get biblical baptism. You need to get your baptism on the proper side of your salvation. If you're telling me you just got saved for real, then you need a baptism that's for real. And some of y'all been baptized before, but you need to get baptized again. If you've had a salvation experience with Christ, if you've had a deeper revelation of who Christ is since, since your previous baptism, you need to get biblical baptism because you need to do what God requires. And you need to let the Holy Ghost sit down on you. And you need to let God open up heaven over you, speak blessing into your life. And you need to please God and bring God great joy. So here's what we're going to do. I am not going to call you secretly. I am not going to call you emotionally. I am not going to have you bow your heads and pray some prayer with me. But the Bible says if you believe that Jesus is Lord and you confess him with your mouth, and, and you, it, the Bible says if you confess him in front of people, 
God will confess you on judgment day. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father on judgment day. If you're here and you want to get saved for real today, if you're here and you'd say, I am ready to truly be the Christian that God created me to be. I'm not talking about rededication. I'm not talking about making a closer walk with God. I'm saying if, if you got doubts about your salvation and you and you say, I believe it, Pastor Scott, I really do. I believe that Jesus died, was buried, rose from the dead, and I am ready today to, to accept Jesus Christ and make him the Lord of my life. Here's what I want you to do. With everybody's head wide open, up and everybody's eyes wide open if you'd say today's my day I'm getting saved for real today then I'm not ashamed of it the Bible says whosoever believe in him should not be ashamed if you're here today and you say I'm accepting Jesus today as my Savior and I'm I'm, I'm giving my life to God uh, with everything I have today if that's you and you and you're for real about that whatever everybody's eyes open I just want you to you know, I'm not gonna ask you to come down here I'm not gonna shake your hand uh, but if you say that's me I want to get real salvation today I just want you to stand on your feet right where you are just stand up right where you are anybody say I'm for real today and I'm gonna get saved for real all right there's there's one who else I want everybody every every teacher every leader every anybody else say I'm getting saved today anybody else want to want to want to join this brave woman all right okay thank you 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 just ask God to save you and he'll do it that's all that's what the Bible says now here's the thing a lot of you here would claim that you are truly saved but you haven't had a biblical baptism experience and you know it and you need to get your baptism on the right side of your salvation. I'm not going to make you fill out a card and sign up. I'm going to trust you at your word. If you say, Pastor Scott, I want to do what God requires of me. And I want to get baptized tonight. I'm not going to worry about being scared of water. I'm not going to be worried about being scared of getting my hair wet. I'm not going to be worried about what people think about me. If you're here and you say, Pastor Scott, uh, I want God to open up heaven and speak blessing over me. I want to bring my father great joy. I want to be baptized for real, and I'm going to come tonight at 6 o'clock, and I am going to get baptized for real. If that's you, and, and you're not ashamed of that decision, you're making that decision right now, I want you to stand to your feet with everybody looking. I just want you to say, that's me. I'm coming tonight. I'm getting baptized. All right, there's, there, there's one. Who else, who else say, I'm coming tonight to get baptized? All right. Listen, some of y'all better come. Some of y'all putting it off. Some of y'all thinking, I'll do it later. Some of y'all thinking, I, I, I'm okay where I am. Listen, God requires it. And Jesus said it must be done. I want you to come. Hey, listen, we'll, we'll baptize for one. We'll prepare for baptism if nobody said they were coming. Because I believe you need to come tonight. And some of y'all, you're not coming to get baptized tonight, but you need to come and celebrate. This is a time of great celebration. This is a time of great declaration. And the Bible says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice. Whether you stood up today or not, if you want to get saved, all you got to do is call on the Lord and he'll save you. Whether you stood up tonight and you want to get baptized, you come tonight at 6 o'clock. I want to see you give God great joy. I want to see you let heaven open up over you and God speak blessing into your life. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would allow us to honor you with everything, with our lives, God, with our words, with our thoughts, with our actions. Father, I pray for every person who's truly not saved. I pray that you would let them be saved even today in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those who need to follow you in baptism. Father, I pray that you would encourage them by your spirit, God, to 
come and do what you've required to be done for believers, God. I pray, Lord, that you would let us be Christian, not only in our thoughts, but in our words and in our deeds. Thank you, God, for your book. Thank you for your son who gives us the example to honor you and to bring you joy. It's our desire to please you, God. So we ask you to have your way in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.